I always say that there's two kinds of people in this world. There's one kind, there's another kind, and then there's everything else in the middle. And I believe that before you venture out to change anything in your life, that the first thing that you should do is to understand which one of these kinds of people you are, because that's your starting point. That's the point from which you are beginning your new journey. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Are you ready for a change and to finally do something about that feeling inside of you that says you have a different calling in life? To finally go after that dream or dust off that project you've been thinking of creating but still haven't done anything about yet? Do you need some support, direction, or motivational words from someone who has been there and who understands you? Well, if so, you've come to the right place. This podcast is a place to find inspiration for those who want to take control and change their lives for the better. Welcome to Life Change Secrets. Here's your host, Tony. When people, some people find out that I wrote a book called The Courage to Change, one of the things they ask me, they say, well, what do you think the first step is into change or transforming your life or realizing a dream or accomplishing something that you've never uh, known how to accomplish up until this day. What do you think the first thing that you need to do is? And I always say, something that I learned over the years is that the first thing that you need to do is to look yourself in the mirror and to understand better who that person is who's gonna have to make the change. So one of the things that I help people to do when I go give motivational speeches, for example, one of the things that I help people to do is to stimulate thought and to look themselves in the mirror. And one of the ways that I do this is by talking about two kinds of people that I've run into over the years. Um, and I talk to them about the characteristics that these, these two kinds of people have. And so I'm going to talk to you about them right now. And bear in mind that you know, I'm talking to you, I'm going to talk to you about two extremes, okay? There's this kind of person, there's this kind of person, and then there's everything in, the, in between. I need to talk about the extremes to illustrate better the point, okay? And so while I'm talking to you about these two kinds of people, I want you to try to imagine and think about whether you know somebody who, or maybe you're like maybe one of these kinds of people, who has these kind of characteristics, Okay? So the first kind of person that I'm going to talk about is a person who basically in anything that they do, they usually get really, really bad results, terrible results. Now bear in mind, I'm talking about extremes now, right? And when you go and you try to understand why it is that they get these bad results, you understand that it's because you're talking about someone who's really, really pretty negative. They're um, people who are not reliable. They're not responsible. Um, there are people who really don't have very, very many good ideas. There are people who, if you give them something to do, you give them a task, you know that uh, it's probably not going to get done very well. As a matter of fact, you're better off calling them the day before just to make sure that they're going to be there on time and have everything done. You're going to be there right now because this is really important. Come on now because you know, make sure that you're on time. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in spite of that, when they get there, the day of the deadline, they're capable of presenting themselves and say, I'm sorry, I didn't get to it. And you're like, I just, I called you yesterday. 
Why did you? And then that's why, that's when all the excuses start. Because whenever something doesn't go the way it's supposed to go, it's never their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. You know, because she didn't tell me, because I didn't know, because I thought you meant this and this and that. It's always somebody else's fault. It's never their fault. And guess what it is that these people tend to do among themselves? They look for each other because they love spending time together and talking about problems and all the bad luck and all the things that don't go the way they're supposed to go because they love spending time together. And so it's happened to me that, you know, I've run into people like that. And when you run into people like that, uh, they, you know, they're like, hey, so, hey, Tony, how you doing? And so you already from the voice that you hear, you're thinking, oh, brother, you know, this, you know, this person is a really positive person. And I'm like, you know, no, I'm doing pretty good today. I feel pretty good. And they just look at you like, how is that possible? You know? And so then you see from the outside, you know, from you're observing them, you see one of those people go to somebody who's like in their same group. You know, they're both really negative people. And they're like, hey, what's up? How are you doing today? And the other person's like, it's oh, a pretty shitty day. And he's like, yeah, me too. You want to go get a cup of coffee and talk about it? <laughs> because they just love spending time together. You know? So here's the question. Do you know anybody like that? I think we all do. You know? the, the world is, I won't say full of people like that, but there's a lot of people out there like that who just seem to see the black side of everything and get terrible results because they just don't believe. So that's one kind of person. And so... The next question I have for you, the next thing, person I want to talk about, you can imagine, is the person over here. This is the person who is really, really positive, who gets great results, who's very responsible, who's reliable. Anytime you give them something to do, you know that's going to get done exactly the way it's supposed to be done. If you give them something that they don't know how to do, they will figure it out. They'll do research. They'll, they'll ask somebody. They'll do, do whatever they need to do to make sure that they get a good result. Because you, you know that the day that they, of the, of the uh, deadline, it's going to be done exactly the way it needs to be done. Because they're going be, to do whatever they need to do. These people are full of great ideas. They're very, very proactive. They don't wait for the other people to tell them what to do. They're always full of ideas. They, they look ahead. They always do what they know what they need to get done. And guess what these people do among themselves? They look for each other. And so the question is, why would people like that, who are already these phenomenal people, who get phenomenal results, why do they need to look for other people like them? Well, it's actually pretty simple, because they're always looking for new stimulus. Because these are people who know that they, you, you never stop learning. There's always something more to learn, always. And so these people, among themselves, they look for each other because that's where they get new stimulus from. And so the question is, after having talked about these two different kinds of people, the question is, do you know anybody like this? And we also know a lot of people like this, but normally what I've found over the years is that in this world, there tend to be, at least the people that I've run into, and I run into a lot of people uh, in seminars, in, in my speeches, and I've, I meet a lot of people every year. There seem to be more people on this side of the spectrum than there, do, than there is on this side. As a matter of fact, I was at a seminar once, and I heard the, uh, the speaker say something that I actually went and looked up on the internet, 
and I found that there's some truth to this, and it might not be exactly the same percentages, but there's some truth to it. And the, and the saying was this, he said, 5% of the people in this world are the ones who govern the other 95%. Think about that. 5% of the people in the world govern the other 95%. And so the question is, which side do you wanna be on? The other question is, on this spectrum, if you think about your job, where you wanna be in life, um, your abilities, whatever it is, your, your ability as a father, as a mother, um, taking care of the people that you need to take care of, or whatever it is, where are you on the spectrum? Are you here, are you here, or are you someplace in the middle? So it's easy to say, well, I'm someplace in the middle. Yeah, but where? Are you in the middle here? Are you in the middle here? Are you in the middle here? Because the other question is, is somebody who's in the middle on this side, do you think that they need the same kind of training and, uh, and the same kind of abilities that somebody who's in the middle over here? Probably not. And so that's why it's important, before you start doing anything, you need to start to understand where you are on the spectrum. And that's gonna help you to understand, start to understand what kinds of things you're gonna need to get to where you wanna to get to, okay? And so, I'll give you some ideas. You know, over here, we're talking about some really high flyers. We're talking about Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Michael Jordan, Roger Federer, Serena Williams. Uh, you know, we're talking about people like that, okay? Over here, you know, let's not talk about them. So what is it that these people over here have that the people over on this side don't have? If you've ever studied, uh, studied neuro-linguistic programming, neuro-linguistic programming talks about this, and I'm not an expert in neuro-linguistic programming, but my takeaway from it is that neuro-linguistic programming talks about, is, is like the study of, of human excellence. I like to think of it as practical psychology. It's really, really good. If you've never picked up a book or gone to a course or a seminar that has to do with neuro-linguistic programming, I believe that anybody who wants to achieve greater results in their life, in any field, or have better relationships, communicate better, should you pick it up. Pick up a book on neuro-linguistic programming. I would go directly to the source. There's a guy named Richard Bandler. Pick up a book by him and at least flip through it, read it, it could help you to, to achieve phenomenal results in your life, really. Anyway, if you think about it, because the difference is between these people over here and these people, and this is basically what neurolinguistic programming says, which is really where the name came from, is that these people over here have a tendency to think differently, neuro, they have a tendency to speak differently to themselves, uh, linguistic than these people over here. And so that's where the idea came from. So the, here's the question. Do you think that people on this side are able to achieve and achieve the same kinds of results that the people over here on this side do? Yes or no? I know I'm talking to a video right now, but I'm trying to give you some time to think. Well, like my mother said, if you don't have the raw materials, it's gonna be difficult for you to, be, to do the things that these people are here. So my takeaway from neuro-linguistic programming and from the experience that I have in my life over these last 30 years that I'm, that I'm doing what I'm doing now, 
um, is that you may never be, you might not have what it takes to be what these people over here have done or have, have accomplished. But, and here's where the, the neurolinguistic programming came from, the, the title, if you program yourself to think the way these people think, they have the same kind of a mentality that these people over here have, and to speak first and foremost to yourself, because those are the most powerful words that you could speak. If you could program yourself to do that, you might never get way over here, but you can improve. You can bring out the best of yourself. And that's all that anybody could ever ask of you. Let me give you a couple examples of that. I spent a week with Michael Jordan. Yes. Back when he was at the pinnacle of his career, back in 1991. I was, in, I was working for Nike in Germany at the time. He came over to do a promotional tour, and I had the opportunity to spend an entire week with him. Well, you can imagine, you know, you know first of all, I'll give you a little backstory. You know. um, I remember uh, it was a Friday afternoon, and my boss came into my office, and he asked me, he said, uh, what are you doing next week? So I was, the, I was the, the boss of the technical consultant. So I had a pretty flexible you know, um, job. So I didn't have my week completely planned out yet. And I said, I said wow, you know, what do you need? He said, well, I'd like, on Monday morning, I'd like you to uh, come down to the BMW uh, uh, dealership with me, pick up this 850 that we ordered, and then I'd like you to come to the airport with me and pick up Michael Jordan. And then I'd like you to spend the entire week with him. He said, what do you think? And I was like, well, I don't know. I, I don't, I'll let you know. I was like, okay, man. Oh, yes. Yes. And so and I remember, you know, I, don't, I remember when I was at the airport, I was a little nervous, you know, because I was like, damn, I'm getting ready to meet Michael Jordan. I was like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are, man. <laughs> and so I remember, I don't remember anything else about the airport. I remember that there was this, this column, this white column, and he was going to come, you know, he was going to come from behind this column. And I remember... That moment, it seemed like it was so surreal because when he walked out from behind the column, I just looked at it, I was like, and I didn't say anything. I was like, I was, you know, inside of me, I was like, wow, man, that's, that's Michael Jordan. And then, you know, he came up to me and he shook my hand. He said, hey, I'm Michael. And I was like, I know. <laughs> so, I was like, it was like so surreal, you know? So you can imagine, you know, being so interested in motivation and all this kind of stuff that, like I am. You can imagine all the questions that I asked him. So one of the questions that I had to ask him, I said, you know, he called me Tony, and I called him M or MJ. And I said, M, I said, I got, I got to ask you a question, man. I said, I can't not ask you this question. I was like, how did you do it, man? How did, how did you get to be like the number one player in the world? And he's, you know, he just kind of smiled, you know. And he said, Tony, he said, you know, a lot of people think that I got there, I, I got to the point where I'm in right now because of my talent and just because of my talent. He said, and, you know, really, you know, I'll be honest with you, that, you know, when I hear that, it kind of really, it kind of gets to me a little bit because people don't, a lot of people don't understand how hard I have worked to get to where I'm at today because I'm always the first one to get to practice. I'm always the last one to leave because there's always something to work on, always. And so when we're talking about people over here, that's the kind of mentality that they have. So, we're, we live in a world today that, that people just, they want the, 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 they want the greatest results with the least amount of effort.
And these are the people who work hard. So I'm not saying that Michael Jordan doesn't have great talent or he didn't have great talent. I'm not saying that. But the thing that we talked about, he and I, was that there's so many other players in the NBA who had enormous talent, but they don't work on it because they're too busy partying. They're too busy trying to you know, say, I'm already in the NBA. I'm already making a lot of money. Why do I need to do all that too? You know? And so, but there's a mentality that these kind of people have that other people don't have. I'll give you another example. I went to a seminar. I couldn't sit up here and talk to you about this stuff and talk to you about, you know, um, how important it is to, to continue to work on yourself and to educate yourself, to grow, if I don't do this myself. I always made that promise to myself. I said, oh, I don't want to talk to people about something that I myself am not doing. And so I went to you know, a seminar um, a couple of years ago and with a guy named Brendan Burchard. Um, Brendan Burchard has an enormous following on the web and uh, he's just a really, really great thought leader. Anyway, I remember we were, there was about 800 people in this seminar, and I remember at a certain point, a lady answered, uh, raised her hand and she asked him a question. And she said, Brendan, how did you do it? What do you think separates you from a lot of other people who have been trying and trying and trying but are not achieving their results, and you have this such, such great success? What do you think the difference is between you and those other people? And he said, well, um, there's really a lot of stuff, a lot of things, but if I had to choose just one, I would say it's this. He said, what I've seen, you know, in teaching people things, uh, teaching them my methods, teaching them what I do to help them to achieve better results, there's a lot of people who, when they try something and it doesn't work, they get, you know, disillusioned and they, they, they feel sad and they get depressed. And, uh, and he said the problem with that is, and feeling that way, is that usually that's associated with quitting. Usually depression makes you quit. It makes you slow down. It makes you stop. It makes you not believe anymore. And so I would say that the difference between me and those people is that whenever I try something and it doesn't work, I don't get depressed, he said. He said, if I try something that doesn't work the first time that I try it, I don't get depressed. I get pissed. I get really upset because that has to work for me. And so if it doesn't work this time, I'm going to try it again. And if it doesn't work that time, I'm going to try it again. And if I keep trying and it doesn't work, then I'm going to find somebody who's going to help me to get it done because it has to work. Again, these are the people and that's the mentality that they have. And what I have found over the years is that a lot of people who are on this side, they're navigating on this side of the ocean, that's one of the things that they're missing. They don't have that work ethic. They don't have that attitude. They don't have that mentality. And so to close out this video, really, like I said, I'm not here to tell you what to do. But if you're here listening to this and, you, and there's something in your life that you want to achieve that you haven't been able to do, if you've been trying to do something and you haven't been able to do it, if there's a goal that you want to achieve and you really, really, it's really, really important to you, ask yourself this question. Do I have this mentality? Do I have this work ethic? Am I willing to do whatever it takes? Because these people are. Am I willing to sacrifice whatever I need to sacrifice because it's just that important to me? 
ask yourself that question. And if you answer that question in a truthful and honest manner, you might just be finding out, you might just find out why it is up until this point you haven't achieved what you want.